0: I'm Tom DeSorcy. You've tuned in for compelling conversation on hot topics impacting Canada's fire service. This is Firefighting in Canada, the podcast. And joining us this time, it's my pleasure to welcome the president of the Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs, Chief Ken McMullen of Red Deer, Alberta, where he joins us from today on the podcast. Chief, welcome. It's nice to have you uh, have you here today.
1: My good friend, it's always nice to talk to you. It was a pleasure to see you uh, just a few weeks ago, and uh, thanks as always for your dedication to the service, whether you are uh, front line chiefing it or uh, taking a, a new role as a retired chief. So thanks for what you do, Tom.
0: A little backtrack now this is this is year two of your of your term uh, for being the president of the association. let What's your thoughts on the year that was uh, as the as the president of CAFC?
1: Well, I tell you, uh, fires, fires and more fires and obviously in the uh, in the area of wildfires. uh, I think Tom would um, quite honestly take the front page of many of the stories as we reflect back on the year. Uh, And and just honestly, for a reminder to you and your listeners, uh, Canada saw the most amount of wildfires in Canadian history. 17 million hectares was burnt across this country from coast to coast. Every single province and territory had some sort of impact to wildfires and I know your communities in British Columbia were very much involved by that. But just in comparison, um, 17 million hectares this year on a 10 year average prior to this year, the average was 2.7 million hectares uh, per year. So you think from 2.7 to 17 million, it just really does put it into perspective of how significant the wildfire season was this year. Uh, aside from the wildfire, which we certainly, as, as the association president, I had the opportunity uh, to speak uh, numerous times. Um, for the first time in, in my memory, Tom, we actually, we hired a consultant to help us on the communications front. And uh, Elisa, Elisa Freeman uh, did some great work with us, uh, the board and many members of the NAC on how do we raised the profile of the Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs, and and she did just a tremendous job in that. I had over 100 interviews uh, internationally. Uh, Tom, I I was interviewed on New York Times, uh, Good Morning America, uh, Tel Aviv, BBC, just to name a few. Uh, And I got interviewed by Tom DeSorci's podcast, not once, but twice. Uh, So I tell you, the highlights of that year have just been uh, uh, phenomenal, to say the least.
0: Fresh off another uh, successful uh, Fire Rescue Canada conference, I had the pleasure to be a part of it this year in in Halifax, uh, hurricanes included. Uh, your thoughts Your thoughts on the event this time?
1: Well, uh, wow! Um, it was. It started off uh, with a lot of unknowns, and, and as you mentioned, uh, the Hurricane Lee, which which actually by the time we got there turned turned into a post tropical storm. Uh, the board arrived on the Friday. Uh, we woke up to a power outage in the hotel on Saturday morning, and that that started a whole host of conversations. All the entire airport in Halifax was closed uh, on the Saturday, and of course, our conference was to uh, begin on the Sunday. So to say there was a lot of tension, a lot of uh, tough conversations that the board and, and members of the planning committee had on Saturday is quite honestly an understatement. Um, we we had fears that perhaps the hotel was going to use what we call force majeure, which meant that uh, they had the ability to cancel the conference for a whole host of reasons. If they thought that staff were unable to attend or they weren't going to get the food supplies, whatever. And uh, contrary, uh, the, the association had the opportunity, if we needed to to uh, I- invoke things like for, force majeure. Fortunately, and I can't say that uh, more proudly, uh, neither parties uh, went to that decision. And we made the decision, the conference is what it is. Uh, we will do what we can, and if there's 10 people there, uh, we're gonna make the most of it. As it turned out, uh, with everybody's greatest effort Uh, The majority and a vast majority, about 90% of the attendees that were scheduled to be there and vendors all made it. Granted, uh, some made it a little later than they had planned on it, but uh, the attendees was phenomenal and we were very, very proud of that. As for the conference itself, uh, thank you to Halifax Regional uh, Municipality for their support, Honour Guards, uh, one of our co-emcees, Chief Sherry Dean. Uh, all did a tremendous job to make Fire Rescue 23 uh, such a success. So overall, uh, we we scored it very high.
0: One of the highlights, you know, had to be the, the visit from Dr. Laurie uh, Moore-Merrill, who is the U.S. Fire Administrator. Uh, this is a position that I had never heard of personally. Um, I, I shouldn't say haven't heard of. I've heard of it being talked about as a position that is being lobbied for in Canada but didn't know a lot about it and found out more obviously in Halifax. Tell me uh, about the 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 need for this in Canada and, and your thoughts on bringing her into the conference and to that audience.
1: Well, you, you're absolutely right. I, I think two things. I'll start by explaining uh, that many countries, uh, New Zealand, Australia, Spain, have positions within federal government. That is the highest overarching position within government that oversees the fire service. Canada is one of the countries that does not have that. The U.S., uh, and, and bringing in Dr. Laurie Mormeril, uh, who is the U.S. Fire Administrator. Now, Dr. Laurie Mormeril is not the first U.S. Fire Administrator. In fact, she's probably number eight or nine. Uh, it's been around since uh, the early uh, to mid-1970s and have done some tremendous work. I think the challenge is, or the difference is, Dr. Moore Merrill is really bringing it to a whole new level, Uh, not only in the United States, but she is doing omens work on ensuring that the fire service across the world is supported in the right way. Through the our relationship of the CAFC to the IAFC, the International Association of Fire Chiefs, and, and give credit where credit is due, those before me, uh, Chief Ken Steubing, who, uh, as you will recall, was the first Canadian in over 33 years to actually fill the position of President of the International Association of Fire Chiefs. And Chief Stubing really forged that relationship with Dr. Lori Mormero. I have been fortunate to be on the board of the International Association of Fire Chiefs as the Canadian director, whereby I, has, I have been fortunate to gain a relationship with Dr. Laurie Mormerl. So all of the timing was appropriate to have Dr. Merrill attend the uh, Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs. What was most special about that was she wasn't what I would say uh, a drop in. Uh, Dr. Merrill was there for four days uh, and she attended everything. She attended the women's meetings, she attended our opening ceremonies and spoke. She attended the conference. Uh, We had meetings outside of the conference with Public Safety Canada for where uh, she attended as well. So to say that she is committed to assist Canada in the creation of a national fire advisor in this country is an understatement. Uh, She has continued to and will continue to support us where we can to make sure we get the support that we need. And... If if I was just to quickly look back uh, and, and I know that we're going to talk about the census, but in the census of 2023, we talk about recruitment and retention is still an issue. We talk about the increase of medical co-responses is an issue. We talk about the volunteer tax credit is an issue. Interesting. All three of those sit in different federal ministries today. And the alignment of having somebody at the federal level that oversees all of the components of the fire service as that collaborator, I think speaks now uh, louder than it perhaps has in the past. So we are going to continue to champion uh, the need for a national fire advisor here in Canada. And uh, we'll rely on friends like Dr. Laurie Merrill to help us get us across that finish line.
0: What would that position look like in Canada? You know, in terms of where they sit in relation to say, CAFC and the provincial associations, because the provincial associations have an ear at the national level with CAFC, would it be that ear to the federal government or would they be another arm of government?
1: That's yeah, a great question. Uh, and, and the good thing is we're open to pretty much anything that the federal government is willing to consider. If you look at the US Fire Administrator, I'll, I'll break it down very simply. The US Fire Administrator sits within the Department of Homeland Security. And they are partners with the departments such as um, Homeland Security and FEMA, Federal Emergency Management Agency. Then you have the US Fire Administrator, which is an administration ran by Dr. Dr. Laurie Mormero of 134 staff. Now the majority of that 134 staff actually oversee the US Fire Academy. Uh, They have a National Fire Academy in Emmitsburg, uh, uh, United States that delivers a whole host of training for leaders uh, within the fire service. They They have an arm that is now responsible for doing investigations of significant fires in the United States. That all took time. I'll remind you I said that the US fire administrator was created sometime in the mid 1970s. Um, They're they're a lot uh, more mature in their system than we are today. We believe that uh, the Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs and the makeup of the board and the National Advisor Council is very well suited to support the uh, role of a national fire advisor in Canada. We believe that uh, the NAC and the board would be a trusted voice the uh, new national fire advisor which would sit within a ministry within the federal government at first glance we believe at the at the current state that public safety canada is probably the most natural fit for the position of the uh, national fire advisor some might suggest that it fits better in, in another ministry we actually have pieces of work within the Canadian fire service that falls between 12 and 14 different ministries of federal government so we're not we're not best suited for uh, 14 ministries we believe that uh, having a seat in one ministry is going to be most beneficial to our service and uh, like I said we believe that today that best position was it is within Public Safety Canada
0: Staying on the topic of of Parliament Hill, and of course uh, the the annual uh, Chiefs on the Hill lobbying effort is is coming up, where the fire chiefs of uh, of Canada uh, gather to uh, to march on the hill, as it were. Uh, a little explanation to those that may not know what Chiefs on the Hill is is all about, and and uh, you know talk about how it works. Uh, maybe give some ideas and some uh, some information on that, and and some of the success stories that you've had as part of this.
1: Well, uh, the, the GR week really has been one of those key components of our, our annual plans within the CAFC. We think about some of the great work that we get done at our annual conference. I would say the second most important event for this association is our week within Ottawa, where we go and have meetings with elected officials, both uh, ministers, uh, leaders of a variety of parties, as well as bureaucrats and staff within those uh, parties across Canada. We will have anywhere from uh, 30 to 75 uh, chiefs attend, uh, chiefs on the hill, where we have opportunities to meet with the highest level of government. Uh, We have met with uh, many ministers in the past. We have been uh, sitting down with the prime minister in the past uh, to bring issues forward. You talk about some of the successes, I think that a few come to mind, uh, some near and dear. Um, The the passing of the uh, tax credit in its first iteration, Uh, And around 2010, 2011, uh, where we increased the tax from uh, $1,000 to $3,000 for uh, volunteer firefighters was a huge success. We've had success in the field of mental health, and I know that's an area that is near and dear to both yourself and myself, and ensuring that the proper funding is in place to ensure that first responders get the help when they need it most appropriately by the right resources in this country. The cancer prevention uh, and the work that we've done uh, with uh, MP Sherry Romanato and the passing of her bill, which was to create a cancer framework to ensure that the cancers that are recognized in one province or territories are also recognized in other provinces and territories, gender regardless. Uh, We make make sure that we're taking care of of those that are ultimately giving that sacrifice uh, as a result of their careers. You mentioned uh, what are what are some of the asks for this year? Very similar. We're going to continue to have the conversations around the need for uh, the National Fire Advisor, and every opportunity we get, we're going to continue to tell that story. We will uh, ask uh, and try to get it on the front of elected officials, the increase of a tax incentive from $3,000 to $10,000 annually. Some of the new pieces that we're talking about, but uh, this fire season has brought this again to our forefront is the funding for appropriate training and awareness of programs like FireSmart, community resiliency plan assessments things that residents can do to ensure that they are protecting their own properties to the best of their abilities uh when we're talking about the types of fire seasons that not only did we see in 2023 but the unfortunate reality is that it looks like it's probably the tone for the coming years based on uh, the environment that we're facing Fire protection uh, and making sure that every community is protected, which includes our Indigenous communities, some of our remote locations, talking about making uh, fire protection mandatory, uh, having a campaign for smoke alarms in all communities throughout this country uh, will be uh, on our list for conversations with our GR officials uh, in the coming. And that is December 4th, 5th and 6th. In Ottawa so please uh, yourself and your listeners please consider attending that this year
0: the uh, petition is out there in support of the uh, the tax credit that's uh, that's circulating as well is it not
1: it is uh, we started that petition in support of uh, MP Gord Johns uh, who was championing this in regards to getting as much support as we can on the increase of the tax incentive. Uh, we kicked it off at the conference. We left behind uh, mail-in uh, petition, paper petitions, and then we have really just in the last week been um, uh, uh, really uh, sharing the electronic petition wherever we can. And uh, selfishly, I'll ask you, uh, Tom, if there's any way you could add that petition to your podcast, it would be greatly appreciated.
0: The uh, the volunteer census uh, certainly has had I guess some impact in bolstering your efforts uh, certainly at, at chiefs on the hill. What about the census this year and some of the results and and what's what it's done for the association?
1: Well, uh, and uh, agreed, uh, not only the volunteers, it's it's all fire departments. Thirty two hundred fire departments across Canada have an act, have the opportunity to fill the census, and we have very very good compliance uh, with individuals filling out those census. The information is absolutely uh, invaluable as far as the data that we get from those that, that give us their input. We are seeing recruitment and retention uh, continue to be an issue across this country, and so we have to identify that. We have to make sure that we're doing everything we can to not only ensure uh, that we get new people interested in this career, but we take care of those that are in the industry uh, today. We are seeing, as I would mentioned earlier, an increase of uh, medical co-responses in this country. In 2022, so going back a year, there was over 2 million responses in this country and over 50% of all responses to 911 for fire departments was medical calls. And so there's a lot of talk about that. There's a lot of talk about whether this is our bread and butter, uh, how are we funded for this? Should we be doing this? What's the wear and tear on our apparatus? And as we have always done for 200 years, Tom, as we go when the calls come in, and uh, I, I do firmly believe that we will continue to go when the calls come in. Uh, in the background, there needs to be conversations about how is that funded? Is it the most appropriate? Um, and, and so that will happen. And the results of the census is giving us that data. Climate change, uh, we, we're seeing an increase in weather-related emergencies, but that is not just wildfires. That is severe uh, heat. Those are uh, floods. Those are heat domes. I know those are things that are familiar to your community. And, and uh, the data was continuing to prove to us that we are seeing an increase of weather-related events uh, across this country. Those are probably the highlights, uh, just in a, in a nutshell, of what the survey did. We use that survey not only internally, but that survey is used uh, all over Canada as we go and make our conversations on a variety of topics. We take the data by the census to help support that
0: some of those numbers you know i remember going to uh, to gr week a number of years ago and the eyebrow raising numbers in some cases you know when you show up and talk about the the volunteer impact in in the fire service of canada you know the the 83 to 85% number has that number changed the the 85% of the volunteer of the fire service in canada being volunteer
1: no, you know, that, that statistic uh, has been around a long time, uh, whether you use 80, 83, 85, you know, I suspect it'll it'll vary uh, a percentage or two every year, but but we are still 100% uh, committed in this country that geographically, over 80% of this country geographically is protected by a volunteer or composite firefighter, uh, and uh, inversely to that, population-based, uh, over 80% of Canada's population Vancouver's, cities, uh, Calgary's, Edmonton's, Winnipeg's are protected by a career department, uh, but the majority of this country, geographically, still will remain uh, protected by a volunteer firefighter. Uh, and thank the good Lord for that every day.
0: I know you have to keep in mind when you're speaking to government that the government in power may not be in power tomorrow, and the groundwork that uh, that we lay now is important for the next government. And and how much is in the back of your mind speaking to the potential of, of a new government at some point?
1: Well, you're, you're absolutely right. And uh, the unfortunate reality, even within the government of power, uh, when they do ministerial changes, uh, you, you kind of get a little bit of deflation. Uh, you feel as though you've made some good headway with one minister. And for whatever reason, there's a new minister in place. It quite honestly is like somewhat going back a step or two uh, and I say that with the with the most sincerity uh, we had great relationships with former Minister Bill Blair of Public Safety Canada uh, and we know we will have just as good relationships with the incoming Minister uh, Sejan. but it takes time uh, he needs to build that trust in us and we need to show him that we are a trusted voice of government all of that to say that's within a, a government within the same party that remains in power we are nonpartisan. Uh, you think about the work that we're doing with MP Gord Johns. He is not within the government of power. Uh, you think of some of the work that we've had success with in, in the past. We are not we're not aligned with one political party or another. We are nonpartisan. The Canadian Fire Chiefs Association is non-partisan. We support those who support us, uh, and we will continue to do that. But all of that to say, uh, we have individuals, and particularly around GR Week, help us plan for the what ifs or the potential changes if there was a party change uh, in years to come, and uh, we will react to that. Uh, But nonetheless, we will stay the course, and regardless who's in power, uh, we will continue to advocate for the best of the 126,000 firefighters in this country every day.
0: Over the past few years with GR Week, how has government received the the fire service i i would like to think and and at least the experiences that i had were very appreciative of of us coming in and bringing the information to them
1: you know i think they absolutely are honored and privileged to host meetings with the fire chiefs i think they love the photos i think they love having you and your colleagues in uniforms in their offices we always have the opportunity, except for the COVID years, to have a reception on the Hill. And uh, often, I'll tell you in the backgrounds, the members of government are uh, battling in the background whom gets the privilege of hosting that uh, reception. They are so proud of the work that you and your colleagues do every single day. Uh, and we will continue to have opportunities to highlight our support within government. Uh, I was reminded by some of our past board members uh, that years ago, Uh, we would knock on the doors of government and not always get an answer. Uh, We have come a long way, and uh, not only are we knocking and they're answering, but uh, they're knocking on our door uh, to get input and advice from us, which is a huge success to those uh, before me and those that will come after me. But as of today, we're very, very happy and proud of the relationship we have with government.
0: As you have mentioned today, the plate is obviously full with the issues and the topics of discussion and the year ahead. But your crystal ball, what do you see any emerging topics that you haven't mentioned that are on the horizon uh, for the for the year ahead for for the fire service in Canada?
1: I think there's a couple of things. And, uh... I would repeat many of the things that I already talked about. Mental health will continue to be an issue, uh, volunteer tax credit, and, of course, the creation of a national fire advisor. Outside of that, I I think some of the issues that we believe are going to come in the coming year are uh, changes to technology. Uh, We think about uh, lithium ion batteries. Uh, uh, We've got a long way to go as as an industry to be actually prepared, not only for the response of these types of lithium ion batteries and the mobility um, uh, vehicles that use this technology, There's a whole new world about storage and collection uh, and disposal of these types of batteries that I don't think that we are 100% uh, ready for as an industry. And that, I think we will put a lot of attention into that in this coming year, uh, just as as a focal point, uh, considering what's happening. The other thing, uh, challenge, and it links to the mental health, but I do believe that a challenge that we will continue to face is the recruitment of leadership within the organization of uh, chiefs. Uh, we talked about it at the conference. Uh, it is becoming more and more challenging. Uh, loneliness at the top is is becoming a real uh, phenomenon and something that we have to address uh, right at the Chiefs' level all the way down.
0: I appreciate your time today as always, and good luck in the next year ahead. Uh, very busy, and again, appreciate the work you're doing on behalf of, of the fire service in Canada.
1: Appreciate what you do. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Uh, have a great, safe holiday season if I don't talk to you beforehand.
0: Thank you for joining Firefighting in Canada, the podcast. For more episodes, visit firefightingincanada.com.